Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome into Believe in Miami Heat. It is January 6th, 10.30 East Coast time, your Miami Heat coming off a tough loss to the Boston Celtics. The Heat lose 107-105. Going to react to tonight's game. Also going to react a little bit to the, the past three games since the last episode. Last time I uh, I was here talking to you guys about the Heat, it was coming off of a nice bounce back win over the Bucks after a blowout 47-point loss to the Bucks. So... We're gonna go through the last three game. I'm gonna go through the last three games a little bit. Talk about tonight's game. React. The Heat are one and three over the past week since the last episode. So it's been a little bit of a rocky road for the Heat. It's been a, a little bit of a up and down. It's been a bumpy road for the Heat in general this early season. Loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. They're three and four now. They got some things to figure out still. Um, look like they had a. Ch- I mean. They they probably shouldn't have been as close to win, to potentially winning this game as they were. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, it, they they kept it close all game, but it looked like the Celtics had pulled away in the end, and the Heat sort of you know came back with the three ball, which I'll discuss a little bit too. But uh, overall, you know, good win Monday night over the Thunder. Tough loss tonight. Uh, over to the Celtics, but we'll get into all of that. I'll talk about the offense that I don't think looks great. I'll talk about the defense that is still very good. Um, and maybe Coach Spoh's figured out his rotation, maybe not. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but it looks like he's found something that he's at least r- relatively comfortable with. But first, look, you guys know NBA, college basketball, they're back. The college football playoff already started. We got national championship game coming up. NFL Super Wild Card Weekend starts this weekend, so no matter what you're betting on, what are you, your NBA bets, which I'm rolling in right now, uh, or if you're betting on the playoffs, maybe you got, you know, maybe you got Tampa Bay, maybe you got Tom Brady getting hot at the right time going to the Super Bowl, maybe a little upset pick there. I don't know. We'll see. I personally want to apologize for telling you all to bet on the Knicks against the spread last week. It's it seems as though since I told you to bet on them against the spread and then they lost handily to the Raptors, they are rolling. They are playing great basketball. But I should know better than to ever bet on the the Nets, the Knicks and put my money on the New York Knicks. So this week, I'm going to stick with... I'm actually going to bet on some super, super wildcard weekend games. I haven't decided which ones yet, but the, all the odds are up. All the lines, totals, all that are up on Bet Online right now. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Never, never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. So Heat lose 107-105 to the Boston Celtics. It's a tough game. Look, I, I coming into this game, I worried a little bit that the Celtics would come out and sort and blast the Heat similarly to what the Bucks did game one last week. 
because of the circumstances coming off of a loss in the playoffs. Now, it's a little bit different. Right? The Heat beat the Bucks 4-1, dominated the back-to-back MVP. The Bucks came out, needed to make a statement. Celtics lost in the conference championship, but I don't know that they hold it again that they are holding the grudge the same way it seemed like the Bucks maybe were holding a little bit of a grudge from that playoff loss. That being said, it's a really good Celtics team. Super talented team. I mean, I I have another podcast where I talk about the entire NBA and I talk about this all the time. It's and you you can't talk about the Celtics without talking about the fact that they have two top 15 players in the NBA and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, so anytime you play this team, it's tough, especially right now for the heat that it just seems like things are still getting figured out and it's only seven games into the season. So that's sort of to be expected, but I guess there's probably a lot of people, myself included that thought, you know, coming off of a championship run and bringing back the main core of the roster, it it looks like. It won't take a lot of time to figure things out. Like, things are in place. But obviously, some early season struggles, and there is some things to figure out, particularly with the offense. Uh, And so I'll I'll start there. Uh, Here, One of my observations with this Heat team, and I I think we're seeing it a little bit early, although I I will say the Heat came into this game shooting 36% from three. They shot 13 of 16 from three in this game against the Celtics. But I do think that what I'm what what I'm seeing, like if I was scouting this game, if I used to watch tape for a living uh, when I worked in the NBA as a video coordinator. What I'm seeing from the Heat, if I was scouting this team, I would be I would say this team does not drive to score. This team drives to pass. Now, the Heat had 40 points in the paint tonight, which is fine, which is good. But there are so many times where the Heat get into the paint or get a drive, and instead of maybe drawing contact, uh, took 26 free throws tonight, understand that. Jimmy Butler had a great game. Jimmy Butler, 26 points, 9 of 19 from the field, uh, 9 free throws. I said this all the time in the playoffs last year. If Jimmy Butler would shoot 20 times a game, the Heat would be hard to, to, to beat because he can score when he wants to. He also took three threes, which is strange. But it's a good game from Jimmy. I can't complain about that, getting the line nine times. But, you know, um, I, I think they've – I think in an effort to get back the rhythm and the flow that we saw from the offense last year, they are forcing sometimes – the extra pass or forcing the drive and kick or forcing the drive and lob off of the pick and rolls. Instead of there's a lot of times where I see opportunities that the heat could get a layup, go to the free throw line, just get a a quick, an easy mid range jumper or a paint touch score. There were opportunities in this game where the heat, I think could have had 50, 55 points in the paint. Uh, and, And it seems like, Teams are scouting that now, and they know that the Heat want to take a lot of. They want to take threes. They want to drive and kick. They want to get these lobs, and it's part of the reason why early in the year, the Heat have have um, led the league in turnovers. Part of it's stag- stagnant offense, but I think they're being scouted 
and and teams are making them stagnant because they're not it doesn't seem like they're challenging at the rim as much as they could i just want to see it more even with jimmy like jimmy only had three assists tonight he was more aggressive to score but there were still opportunities that he had where he passed the ball up he could have had 30 and that's nitpicking with jimmy obviously but it, it's it's just sort of all around where you know, the Heat shot 13 of 36 from three in this game, which is a, a solid number. 36% is very good. But a couple of those threes came, maybe three of them, I would say, in the late in the fourth quarter. Duncan Robinson hit a couple. Goron hit, a, hit one to tie it. Like th- These were panic shots, which are good. But in the context of the rest of the game, the Heat did not shoot the ball particularly well from three. And then if you go back to the Mavericks game that the Heat lost last Friday where they got beat 96-83, they went 7 of 33. So in the two games that they lost on this three-game stretch since the last podcast, that would be um, 13, 20, of, 20 of 69 from three. That's not a good number. And it, it it's going to happen. The Heat are going to shoot a lot of three. They're, they're going to shoot the three ball. They were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA last year. But I wonder, should there be more of an emphasis or could there be more of an emphasis on getting to the basket and getting to the free throw line and scoring at the rim? Because I'll talk about the defense in a second, but when you when you play a team like the Boston Celtics and you hold them to 107 points, it's a game you should probably win. Or on the contrary, uh, or, or, or the Mavericks, they scored 93 points. You should beat the Dallas Mavericks who had the best offense in NBA history last year. If they score 93 points, that's a win. Not even like you should win. That's a win. You got to win that game. And right now the offense just hasn't looked great. Now, since that Dallas game, the rotations have changed. So we'll see. Uh, Part of the issue, obviously, between playoff offense and this offense is Tyler Hero has seemingly hit a sophomore slump already, very much so, at least shooting the ball. He's shooting 29.7% from three, went one of five from three tonight. Um, He got to the line five times, which is a good thing, which is a a step in the right direction. But on the season, he's only going to the line 1.7 times a game. And this is what I'm talking about. He is so important and he's so talented to what this team does offensively. And he's in a different position this year. He's starting. He's a de facto starting point guard. Um, But eight points is not going to cut it from him. And and he's still figuring out his role. But he is so talented. Eight field goals is not a lot of field goal attempts for him. And I want to see he He should get to the rim, get fouled. He's so athletic. He can score in so many different ways. He's a dynamic player. This, they need him in a big way to snap out of this slump. I mean, he was one for five from three. Goran Dragic, one of five from three. Again, another guy, Goran, good good three-point shooter. And credit, listen, credit to the the Celtics' defense. This is not just a one-way street here, but it has been this season the Heat have struggled offensively. They Coming into tonight, good defense, bad offense. It's been the story of the season right now, and part of that is them trying to figure out who fits together and what, what the rotations look like. But I just don't, you know, instead of, Going two for 10 from three, maybe go two of, you know, take a few less threes, get to the line. Eight free throws combined from two of the best 
penetrating scorers on the team, which is Goron and Tyler Hero. And obviously, you know, the Heat, it, it, it was a struggle for them tonight, right? Goron's only three was that one three, obviously clutch three, that, you know, got, you know, tied the game. Jimmy Butler takes three threes all, all of a sudden. That's not really his game. Maybe one of those can be your, one or two of those can be your 20, you know, can be, you go 11 of 19 from the field because he can get to the rim whenever he wants. He gets to the rim whenever, he gets into the paint, gets to the rim whenever he wants. And I understand he wants to set up his teammates and that's his game, but I, I talk about this all the time with Jimmy. He can score at will. And part of what potentially makes this Celtics team a great team, you know, they're six and three now. They've won three in a row. And I saw it the other night with Jason Tatum where they were struggling and I forgot who it was against. They were struggling and he just put them on his back and he and he went for 40. The night before, Jalen Brown had 30-something. Like these two guys with this team, if they're struggling, they put the ball in, the, in Jason Tatum's hand or they put the ball in Jalen Brown's hand, but mostly Jason Tatum when they're struggling – Say, go get this for us. Go win these games for us. These close games, go win it. And although Jimmy had 26 tonight, I just, I don't see him as that guy when he, as consistently as he needs to be, particularly early in the year when they're three and four. And truly, when you look at the, the losses, right? First game, 107 points, loss. Sec, you know, third game to Milwaukee, 97 loss. Dallas game, 83 points loss. And the, tonight, 105. I mean, you can't, you're not going to win in today's NBA scoring 107 or 98 or 97 or 83 or 105. You know, even the game that they won against New Orleans, 111. The second game, 119 against Milwaukee that they won. And then against Oklahoma City, a game that I don't really count that much, although it was good to get offense rolling a little bit 118 so that you know the, you look around the nba the way teams are scoring the basketball right now the heat's high point mark this year is 119 points seven games into the year you'd think they would have had an output now they probably could have done it against oklahoma city they blew them out so it didn't really matter but it is a sign of a struggling offense um so I think a way for them to fix that, and I will see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how they want to play. I know they're not going to fundamentally change their offense, but maybe they'll look at it and say, "Hey, maybe we can get to the rat, the rim, into the free throw line a little bit more, just a little bit more. Maybe we, instead of all these so many lobs off of pick and rolls, which I understand that's what you draw these plays up for, but maybe instead of all these lobs that have led to turnovers until tonight." Um, maybe just get to the rack and get to the free throw line or score. I, I, the, the options are there. Unless I'm missing something, the, the the opportunities to score the ball are there. The team is trying to be so unselfish to get the offense back in sync that I think there's times where they're not taking the best shot and they're trying to get a better shot when the best shot's already there. So, you know, offensively, that's something that's going to have to get fixed. You would think that will come with time with this Miami team. Again, we're talking about a team who really, they were not a great team in the regular season last year. So it's going to probably take time to develop this type of chemistry offensively. Again, this this season, you know, this season, 
One positive, obviously, and a huge positive for Miami over the last two games is despite the fact that the Heat still lead the NBA in turnovers per game, last game at right around 20, last game only 14 turnovers, tonight only eight turnovers. But again, I'll say this, that's great. Taking care of the ball more, which doesn't lead to more to fast break opportunities for the other team, that's great. But if you're leading the league in turnovers and the turnovers were part of the reason why your offense was struggling, and now you only have eight turnovers and you still only score 105 points, yes, it's a, it's a great Celtics team, potentially one of the best team in the East. If they're healthy and their talent gets it together, they are good. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals twice in the past three years with two guys who are 23 and 22. This is a very talented team. But there's still something that's not quite clicking offensively if you only turned it over eight times but still can only score 105 points tough game you know good i'm i'm, I'm glad at least from an from a for, for the heat standpoint that they were able to not get blown out which seems weird but it just seems like the way this season's been going they could have potentially gotten blown out in a game like this so it's it's a that's a, a positive at least uh on the defensive end, they're still. I mean, they held the again. It's the Celtics who come into the. They come into this game with the seventh best offensive rating in the NBA. They hold them to 107 points. That's good. I'll take that. And and the crazy thing about that is they state the Celtics scored a 56 points in the paint. The Heat have been the best defensive team with points in the paint this year. That's what the Heat do. And despite that, the Heat were still able to hold them to 107 points. So that's a victory. Uh, it just comes down to these type of games. At the end of the day, I say this about the NBA a lot, especially with games like this. When it's a tied game, two-point game, three-point game, these crunch time type of games, a lot of times it's going to come down to who has the more talented end-of-game scorer. And as much as as great as Jimmy Butler is and as great as he was in the playoffs last year, there's no doubt that the, the best end-of-game scorer or the best clutch scorer in the, on these two teams – is Jason Tatum, and you know he came up big, twenty-seven points. Um, it just, it it's just gonna happen this way. It's it's you hate to say it's a I, I can't I wouldn't call it uh, a bad like like a like a bad loss because it's to the Celtics. Three and four is not the way you want to start the season. They do need to get some start reeling off some wins, but. Look, Peyton Pritchard, this kid who hit the who made the tip shot at the end of the game, he's playing out of his mind. He's having a really good rookie season. Made a really heads up play. Should the Heat should the Heat have potentially won this game? Yes, but not. It's it's it stinks because they made that little run at the end and they they had a shot to win it, but not the end of the world. More concerning is the fact that. It's been up and down, so up and down, only through seven games. It's literally like there hasn't been back-to-back wins or back-to-back losses. So I guess you could also look at the fact that there hasn't been back-to-back losses as somewhat of a positive too, that they they bounce back, right? But now good teams like the Celtics, they've won three in a row. I'll talk about some of the other Eastern Conference teams in a second uh, towards the end of the show. But... Now you got to start putting some stuff together. Now you got to win two, three, four games in a row. 
Um, no losing streaks. Like great teams don't go on losing streaks, major losing streaks, but they also they start to put together wins, especially against teams that they should beat. Like they should have beaten Dallas. They should have beaten OKC, so they got that win. Should have beaten Orlando first game of the year, even though Orlando's playing pretty good basketball. But again, like, you know, this is now it's I talk about this a little bit, but generally in an NBA season around game 20 is when you know what you have. Uh, this year, there's only 72 games. So that's going to, you're going to have to probably figure out what you got a little bit earlier, uh, probably around game 15 or so. So um, that, and that leads me into the fact that despite all of this, what, what it looks like Eric Spolstra has somewhat figured out what his rotation is for the time being. Um, for the second game in a row, Kelly Olynyk started at the four. And the Heat started the regular, you know, starting lineup: Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, with Kelly Olynyk at the four. And he's had back-to-back. If there is a bright spot shooting the ball outside of Duncan, it's been um, Kelly Olynyk. You know, tonight four of seven for eleven points, five rebounds, three of six from three. Against the Thunder, he went absolutely nuts, 5 of 7. So over the last two games, he's 8 of 12 from 3. That's great. And that's what he sort of brought to the team offensively in the playoffs last year, particularly when Bam was hurt and but coming off the bench. But the question now becomes, as you're evaluating, as you go through these next 7, 8, 9 games and really figure out what the team is going forward, I think the Heat are going to really have to ask themselves, is Kelly Olynyk the long-term answer? Is Kelly Olynyk sustainable as you're starting four in the, to be a team that makes a run to a championship again or to even the Eastern Conference Finals? I think Kelly Olynyk is a really, really great uh, bench player. Come in, spark plug offense doesn't play defense, but can shoot the ball, and he's shooting the ball really well. But look, but again, like you look at tonight's numbers, 13 of 36 from three, six of those threes came from Kelly Olenek and Andre Iguodala. You just, it's not sustainable. And that's going back to what I was talking about before, that falling in love with the three and maybe figuring out to more ways to score than just the way, you know, constantly forcing it to get to the three ball. But um, as far as Kelly Olynyk goes, he's a really nice placeholder right now because Mo Harkless has just been really bad and seemingly has it, it seemingly probably will not be in the lineup or in the rotation anytime soon, which is unfortunate because I think people hoped he could replace Jay Crowder. So the question is, over these next, even I'll give it fifteen games. I think what you what the Heat really have to evaluate here is. Can we get it done with Jim, with Kelly Olynyk? Um, where is Precious at? But I I think they play such different positions that it's not even a question. And then you have to start looking around, like who's out there, who's available, who are the guys that you look around and you say, well that team's not very good. Maybe we can go get that guy. Um, you know, Blake Griffin's a guy who I really am high on, but I don't think a lot of other people are. He also makes a ton of money, so I don't know that he would make sense. Another guy who makes a lot of money, but who's playing really well and probably would love to be on a team, a winning team, 
Otto Porter is a really interesting one. About the same size as Jay Crowder. Not as, I guess, tough, so to speak, but is a defensive-minded player who can score the ball on an awful team that you could probably just get him for assets and expiring contracts. Uh, He's a really interesting guy. I think think the Heat are going to be active. And that's not surprising. They were active last year. If you don't make that trade for Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala last year, you probably don't go to the finals. So I, I think a big part of looking at, at this rotation, and I think this is Eric Spolstra has, is comfortable now with this rotation for the time being. But I, as a Heat fan, if, you are, if you're a Heat fan, I probably wouldn't get comfortable with this rotation or even potentially this roster uh three and four is not a good start it's not an awful start but it's not a good start and there's still the chirping there's still reports coming out from people around that you know the heat got lucky it was a circumstance run and this and that i i if there's anybody on the planet that i think outside of jimmy butler obviously if there's anybody on the planet who is going to do everything in his power to make sure that that's not true it's Pat Riley. So this will probably be the rotation for a little while. Um, but I would imagine as we inch towards the trade deadline, whenever it is this year, you'll see the Heat at least make a move. Whatever it is, whether it's a big move, I don't know if that's here, if that's the move, or whether it's something with an expiring deal or a, or, or something like that to go get a higher level vet four to play next to Bam to compliment him to to make a run later in the year. Um, the only other thing you know from the Celtics game is just Jimmy. Jimmy just continues to be, he he rolled he he tweaked his ankle again, not ideal. Um, and then he he did something to his knee late in the fourth quarter. He played on it, but oh god, you know. It's, He's been really banged up early in the year, and it's it's unfortunate. It's like, you know, it's a shortened season, and the Heat are struggling. So he's he's gonna play, but man, it's almost like you'd love to get let him rest a little bit and get totally healed up. But can you afford it in a shortened season where you're already not playing that well? I, I don't think you can, but it it's just kind of kind of stinks to see him out there not at 100 percent and still playing really well but not at 100 percent. like what could it if you force it and, and he has to play because he's tough he's gonna play will that impact him or the heat you know later on down the line i just you know i hate seeing him all you know already banged up seven games into the year that's just part of the game but because of the shortened season i guess you, you probably can't do a ton of um, you can't really just bench him, like he, or like sit him for an extended period. They just will not be very good without him. So we got to keep an eye on that. Got to keep an eye and see what happened to his knee there towards the end of the game. It's probably nothing major because he stayed in, but that ankle obviously is still bothering him a little bit. Um, so we'll monitor that and see how that goes going forward. Um. But that's pretty much it from this last stretch. Again, it's like it's so early in the year. It's not panic time, obviously, by any means. But they gotta this next little stretch, and I'm gonna talk about the schedule here right now, but 
this next little stretch is pretty big because they got to start putting together some wins and it's not going to be easy over the next week until I talk to you guys again. The Heat now go on a four-game road trip against Washington at Washington, which Washington lost again tonight. Brad Beal had 60 points and Washington lost. So they haven't been very good this year, but they are capable of scoring in bunches. Uh, they have two obviously high-level, you know, Brad Beal's one of the top scorers in the NBA and Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook. They can score a ton of points. So you're going to have to score with them probably. Um, but also how, you know, how locked in can a guy like Brad Beal continue to stay after being second in the league and scoring last year and then scoring 60 and not winning? You got to think that that guy at some point is going to be like, oh, like this is just not for me. You know, I know they've he's committed to staying there. They made the move to get Russell Westbrook, but they have not been good to start the season, and he's still doing everything in his power to try to put that franchise on his back. Is he? It, will the rumbling start if he keeps doing this and they keep losing? Hopefully, the Heat get a dub against them, and maybe the Heat can continue the process. And maybe when he he maybe he requests a trade at some point. He would look pretty good in a Heat jersey. I'd pretty much give up anything for that guy other than Jimmy and Bam. Uh, and then you go to Boston, which at Boston is going to be tough. Of course it's going to be tough. Always is. Different now without fans, but going to be tough. And then back-to-back games against Philly in Philly, which, look, it's tough to beat a team back-to-back when you're playing them. That's why playoff series... There are, you know, early you see sweeps, but later on they're usually somewhat competitive. It's hard to like play a team twice in the same place within a couple days and beat them back to back. It's just not an easy thing to do, especially in the regular season. So I would anticipate the Heat potentially taking one of those games. But man, Philly is playing the best basketball I've seen them play since Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons got to that team. Doc Rivers has that team absolutely rolling. They're seven and one. They have the best record in the NBA. Um, they've won five in a row. They beat the Wizards tonight, despite Brad Beal scoring sixty. So, you look at that Sixers team. They've been winning games this year with the best defense in the NBA, a dominant defense, and Joel Embiid playing playing good basketball. Today, it it wasn't defense. It was them flat out outscoring. Uh, I mean, just going at going toe to toe with Washington, beating them 141-136. So Philly now has shown they can beat you defensively, and if you come out and score on them, they can beat you offensively. They are playing the best basketball I've seen them play since Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid entered the NBA, and that's a scary thought because coming into this season, I I sort of thought there was a locked up four top teams in the East which was Brooklyn, Miami, Boston, um, and Milwaukee. And obviously Milwaukee's playing good basketball. Boston's playing good basketball. Um, You know, Brooklyn is an interesting team right now. It'll be interesting. They're going to be good as long as KD stays healthy, but they're an interesting team. And then the Heat are not playing very good. Philly takes that, you know, spot in the top four right now. But, you know, you look around the East, right? 
the Nets lost Spencer Dinwiddie early. He's out for the year. They've been up and down. You know, they 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 blew out whoever they played last night, two nights ago, with KD on the bench. Kyrie went off. Jared Allen's playing out of his mind. But before that, they had lost four of five. And I had even said on another podcast that they were a couple a, win, a couple losses away from being in panic mode. And they don't have Kevin Durant for another three games. They're really interesting. They played great defense, but they've been a bad defensive team this year. They're going to be fine, and they're going to win a lot of games. But it, they're an interesting one to keep an eye on. When you look around the rest of the East, what are they defensively? Will they come together in time to really be, you know, a dominant team that they could be? Because offensively, they could be an absolutely dominant team. And from a talent standpoint, you know, like I said, the Sixers, they look like the best team in the East right now. They made the moves in the offseason to go get Danny Green and Seth Curry, which have been great for them. Uh, Tobias Harris is playing the best basketball of his career. Joel Embiid is already getting discussions, is already in people's discussions for MVP for this year, which is crazy because uh, I just didn't think that a big man like him could be in. The, but the way he's playing and the way they're playing, best defense in the NBA, he's playing the best basketball of his career. It seems like he could potentially be an MVP candidate. They're playing great. And then even, not even in, with the top four, if you look at the rest of the the Pacers, are play, they beat the, the Rockets tonight. They look great. I think they're now, um, let me double check their record now. They're now six and two. Uh, so they're healthy. They look like the team that I actually thought they could potentially be a top four team last year when I saw the moves they made. They still don't even have TJ Warren. Malcolm Brogdon's playing out of his mind. He had 35 tonight against the Rockets. And Demonis Sabonis is playing out of his mind too. They, that, that's a really tough team right now. And by the way, we're talking about how strong the East looks right now. You, you'd you be remiss not to talk about the the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks won another game tonight, this time beating the Utah Jazz. They've won three in a row, the, the Knicks. They've won five of their last six. And four of those games were against the Bucks, the Pacers, the Hawks, and the Utah Jazz. It is pretty remarkable early in the season. This team is 5-3, and three, and Tom Thibodeau has them rolling right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the NBA. And their next game is against Oklahoma City, who I would argue is the worst team in the NBA. So, and I only bring that up just to say the Eastern Conference is tough this year. So even though it's only seven games into the year, if you're the Heat, I think the evaluation period is going to be much quicker than it normally would to see what they have with this roster. Because I don't, a lot of teams got better. I just don't think there's a ton of time to figure out who's, like, how is this going to work? If you lose a couple more games and you're going on this road trip, they're going to probably have to make some tweaks. We'll see. Uh, generally speaking, I would be a little more reserved about it. I wouldn't say, oh, this is you know, panic mode, and they're not. But pff, if you can't win a few games in a row and you can't figure out how to get this offense rolling, something's going to have to happen. So we'll see what that something is. Uh, but again, you know, four-game road trip, three of them look like really tough games. Washington's tough. It's a road trip no matter what. So we'll see how the Heat bounce back, starting with Washington next game. I will be back next week. I'm trying to decide, do I want to... Looking at the Heat's schedule, 
do I want to do the next episode? Maybe I'll do yeah, maybe I'll do next week's episode after the Philly game Thursday. So I'll, I'll record live right after the Philly game next Thursday. It'll drop Thursday night and I'll react to the week, Saturday through Thursday, Washington, Boston, Philly, Philly. And I think, you know, that'll be 11 games into the year. It'll be pretty close to that time where we can really evaluate where we got. Um, because then after that, you go back to back. Then then after that, if we can get through this road trip two and two, and I know that would only put you at five and six, not great. But then you have Detroit, Detroit, Toronto, Toronto. That is a four-game stretch that you should win. And that's that's a potential opportunity to get things really rolling because Detroit is awful and Toronto is pretty bad this year. Um, so if they can just sustain and and keep doing, honestly, what they're doing, win, lose, win, however you got to do it, win a game, lose a game. I mean, obviously you want to win four. But if you go two and two on this road trip and then come back and get those four games against Detroit and Toronto, things will be looking pretty good heading forward. And then you'll really, you'll be at exactly 15 games and have an opportunity to really see, like, what is this team about? What do we got? So, you know, important road trip stretch, can't fall apart, got to bounce back, beat Washington, and then probably at least pull one of these other games against Boston and Philly. And then I think you're still in a decent spot. So... We'll see. So I'll be back next week after the second Philly game Thursday night. um, And we'll see where the heat stand then. All right. Uh, Appreciate everybody listening. Obviously, as always, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. If not, appreciate you listening anywhere else. And just, you know, stick with it and stick with me. We got a lot more season to go, and I think the heat will turn this thing around. Uh, Appreciate you listening. And as always... Heat Nation. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible visit your local kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner kia movement that inspires call 800-333-4kia for details always drive safely limited inventory available warranties include 10-year 100,000 mile powertrain and 5-year 60,000 mile basic warranties are limited see retailer for details